0: This episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can head to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly and get bonus content multiple times per week. Thank you to everyone who supports the show and I look forward to meeting more of you soon. Hello, listeners of Zero Brightness. Are you ready to meet a new friend and recurring character? I hope you are, because today, on this landmark episode where I start to talk about my obsession for the past few months or so, which is the Dark Souls series, I am joined by none other than my good friend Tony, a photographer and documentarian who I met many years ago. Uh, We actually met through a mutual friend, Matthew. Shout out to Matthew. Um, He is my pal who's an amazing keyboard and banjo player. He was also a uh, prodigious unicyclist at the time that Tony and I met. And uh, yeah, we kind of instantly bonded through our love of doom metal and heavy music and uh, yeah, when I had a studio in the house that I used to rent um, we used to just get together and play guitar really loud Um, so loud that we ended up shaking the house and having everyone in the house yell at us to stop and on a separate occasion we actually lit an amp on fire Um, we were playing so loud that the paper cone at the center of the speaker caught fire and let me tell you, that is possibly the worst smell I've ever encountered in my life. So as I'll talk about in a moment, Tony and I ended up reconnecting over video games via this show, and I found out that he was a big fan of the Dark Souls series and FromSoft's work in general, so I figured he was absolutely the person who I had to talk to first about these games. So consider this the intro to a series of episodes where I talk about and dissect the Dark Souls series. This episode is about the first game in the series, Dark Souls, but of course we talk about the whole series and draw some comparisons between the different games. And in future episodes, we'll just be doing more and more of that. So I hope you guys enjoy this and we'll tune in in the future when we get into it even more. So Tony, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Uh, Good to be here. Yeah, uh, long
0: time first time, right? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> uh, for those of you who remember the radio. Um, but yeah, so you and I have actually known each other for a pretty long time now. Yeah. 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 Uh, we met back in Minneapolis uh, just through talking about music and occasionally just like playing guitar and hanging out and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we kind of like re, I mean, you know, we would chat every here and again, but we kind of reconnected over like video games when I started doing this show.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember you posted on Facebook, like, Hey, I have a podcast about horror video games. Great. It's like, Oh, let's see what my friend thinks of, uh, Silent Hill 2. Um, great episode oh, and, yeah. uh, yeah, great show. So yeah we kind of reconnected that way so uh thanks silent hill 2
0: yeah thank you silent hill 2 for all that you've given us uh it's kind of funny though because you jumped in the discord and pretty much right away it was like oh you're you're like a dark souls guy and at that time Uh um, i was like i hate dark souls uh because i had had my my well-documented experience with dark souls but now that i love dark souls i was like well i gotta talk to my friend who's like a dark souls guy
1: i don't know what dark souls guy means <laughs> but uh i guess uh if if the shoe fits i'll wear it so well that's something maybe, I wanted, maybe we'll find out
0: yeah that's something i wanted to ask you so like what what is your history with uh dark souls <laughs> with the soul series and i should say you know we're here to talk about the game dark yes. souls uh, on almost the 10th anniversary of it, we kind of accidentally scheduled this on the day that was the 10th anniversary of Dark Souls, which is kind of fun. Uh, yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to come out um, in a couple of weeks when it definitely won't be the 10th anniversary of Dark Souls, but it's like Dark Souls season, you know, whatever. I'm just curious, like, your history with it, how you got into it, that kind of stuff.
1: Sure. So um, I originally got into Dark Souls... Uh kind of as a pivot out of Skyrim, okay, uh so I was at a point in my life where admittedly, I was in a bit of a depression hole, and I found myself playing as one sometimes is in, and uh I found myself playing a lot of Skyrim um yeah. and it was very immersive it was very it was very fun, uh maybe it was a bit too immersive, and I decided okay i'm gonna stop playing this, but I guess I still want uh something kind of like it to play just just for fun. So I went on the internet and I looked up like okay, similar games and this game Dark Souls kept popping up and all of these people were like it's really fun but it's really hard. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, um, sure. I'll give it, I'll give it, I'll give it a whirl. Um, so I went to, I went to a game store and I I got a copy of dark souls and I went to the checkout counter and the, uh, guy behind the counter was like, Oh dude, this is such a hard game, bro. (laughs) Okay. That's so I've heard. Um, and then I started playing it and I thought the world was really cool. It was very hard. Yeah. Uh, It reminded me of something I used to play back in the day, which was uh, the Bushido Blade series. Did you ever play those?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. So if you haven't played those, they were an old uh, kind of PS2 era fighting game, I believe PS2, um, where the whole thing was kind of about timing and kind of guessing your opponent's uh, strategy, weaknesses, guessing what they're gonna do. So when I started playing this and encountered the combat, which was unique for me at the time, I, I kind of had a flashback to playing that um, because like a few of us would rent it like back in the day and then try it try and fight each other and guess which who's gonna do what. And uh, Bushido Blade has one hit kills uh, a lot of the time. So if you go high and the other person goes low, like you're you're just dead. You yeah. uh, you have to get good, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> there it is. First, and, um, okay, that's the
0: first one. We should start tallying these. With like a that's ding the first noise. one. Yeah, okay, first get good, good. Okay, continue. All right.
1: Um, so when I started playing this, my mind kind of went to that, and in a way, I was like, "Oh, this is like that all the time." Yeah, and I found it fun and kind of got sucked into the game. Uh, not like Skyrim and uh, (laughs) found myself really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, Kind of that, that thrill of beating each boss or getting past an area that really sucked. uh, I found appealing and yeah, I just kind of went on from there, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's an interesting thing that you bring up there. Well, actually two things. Number one, side note, as someone who hasn't been in a video game store in like forever, I do kind of miss those horrible, awkward interactions. Like there were always like the most skin crawling shit, but now I'm like kind of nostalgic for them. I was talking about this the other day and I was like, I kind of miss that moment where like the cashier makes you uncomfortable by talking about what you're buying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um in a in a post-COVID world and in, in an increasingly uh digitized one, it is a rare thing. But uh yeah, when you get the the like, oh it's so hard, bro. Like <laughs> It's it it comes with you like you remember it like yeah. I can't look at a copy of Dark Souls and not think of that kind of like goofy dude behind the counter who's like oh bro so
0: <laughs> yeah maybe but,
1: I just think that's funny but uh
0: no I kind of yeah, missed I dude funny. I look he missed that shit because like I think the the classic one was you were buying something and then the person like compares it to a bunch of other shit that you're not into and oh, you, you yeah. feel like a total fucking chud you're like no but then you don't want to like you don't want to be like shut up idiot, like to really? this person. You're just like, yeah, cool, man. But you're like, oh, is this is this for that kind of person? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, am I a like, pervert? Okay, man, I'll, I'll play. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, man. Yeah, I'll play those six other games. Maybe some other time. But like, I'm getting this one right now. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Let, let me let me deal with it.
0: Although you know what the modern version of that is, I think it's Steam recommending you stuff based on that one weird day you had when you're like, I'm gonna get back in the JRPGs and then like forever it's like, Do you want to play every JRPG? It's like no, I don't even like them anymore. Leave me alone. Stop telling me to play this shit. The, the,
1: the algorithm has even absorbed the game store employee. Fuck. Obsolete. It's, it's like you Yeah. Yeah. Holy Dark shit. Dark times.
0: Dark times. Well, so the other interesting thing you bring up, though, is that, like, I do feel like the, you know, the Dark Souls style of game, the Soulsborne or modern From or whatever you want to call it, that style of game is really unique and it does, like, kind of feel foreign. But I do think that the easiest comparison would be to those, like, PS1 and PS2 era games that had really intense methodical combat so like Bushido Blade is a great example you know I always uh, and I've talked about this a little bit here and there I think of those like you know games like Tenchu or games like Onimusha also kind of come to mind and yeah I do think that is honestly the best comparison to Dark Souls because at the core of it like that core combat is that type of game you know a hundred percent yeah. It's just with like a bunch of RPG elements kind of plopped on top in a pretty interesting way.
1: Some some plopped better than others, but yes, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I mean, it's not the first comparison, but yeah, I th- I think a lot of people have kind of compared that game to yeah, a more old school game, almost like a throwback because you know, very early games you had you know, a set number of lives and then you're screwed. Right, So that mechanic's back. Um, and yeah, Tenchu, another great one. Uh, big fan of that back in the day. Um, and yeah, all that methodical combat definitely plays forward as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so I think that's kind of like what's so fascinating to me about Dark Souls is that it takes all of those ideas and it moves them in like a really odd way direction and so like for as many problems as i still have with the game dark souls i am kind of constantly fascinated and in awe of like how well they did that because like the basic design of the game and all the ideas in the game are like really really brilliant and i think it's really interesting how they built off of that you know foundation of like a ps2 kind of like tactical action game or whatever you would want to call it. But yeah, sure. that's kind of, that's kind of what got, what finally got me into like playing Dark Souls. Um, Cause yeah, like I've, you know, I've talked about it a bunch before. I'm sure everybody who listens to the show knows my whole story with it. But yeah, I basically was like kind of like not going to play these games ever. Cause it just didn't sound fun to me. I was like, why would you want to play a game? That's impossible. You know? Uh, and then you know, eventually I just got more and more and more curious, and I finally decided to try it. I picked it up, I played a bunch of it, and then got to a point where I just couldn't get any further. And I was like, "Man, fuck this game! This game sucks!" And yeah, basically didn't play it for a couple years, and then finally tried Bloodborne. Got super into Bloodborne, and now I've played everything in the series except for uh, uh, Demon Souls. That's the last one that I have to at least like try and play
1: some of, you know? And I mean, I, I had that walk away moment too. I think um if it serves me right, if I remember correctly, it was probably about the time that you did. Like I walked yeah. away from it for like a month or two just because I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Eventually I just I just went back on and then I, I beat the thing within a few tries and was like, okay, I'm back in this. This is fun. Yeah so that kind of rush when you beat the boss is like amplified even more when you come back like almost rusty and manage to overcome it and i think that's that was fun so then i was like really into it i was like oh i get to do all this other stuff so yeah
0: yeah for sure and i think that in a lot of ways it is very old school rpg stuff And I think that's something that I didn't quite understand like the first time I played it because I was kind of just like rolling pretty ignorant, just like, whatever it's a game i can just play it and it's like no 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 this is like you know whatever legend of lagaya or some shit and you need to have the official strategy guide because otherwise you're gonna do everything wrong and trash your save file (laughs) and like all this shit that just i haven't had to deal with since like the ps1 days you know yeah um but it really does have all the classic like jrpg stuff where it's like there's grinding There's super hard bosses that are almost impossible, but that you'll just kind of randomly beat one time. There's, you know, all these different elements that are... It happens. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it reminded me so much of playing, like, anything from that era. Final Fantasy VII or, you know, whatever. Like, it was all the same thing, where it's like, oh yeah, like, I would go try and do an optional boss in Final Fantasy VII, like, way too early on, give up, not play the game for a month, come back, beat it the first try, and then be like, Holy totally suck back into the game. Um, I do kind of wonder, you know, and I have this question about a lot of stuff in the game that I'm sure we'll talk about, but like, I wonder how much of that stuff is like purposeful and how many of those decisions were actually good. Cause I do feel like some of the stuff in the game, especially in dark souls, cause I think it's a little less polished than the later games in the series. Uh, For sure. I wonder like how much of that stuff was intentional and how much of it is a good choice.
1: Do you know what I mean? I do. And it's something that I've thought about as well. Um, I mean, some of the, some of the choices that I mean, if i if I want to lay it out, I feel like a lot of those choices eventually do find a point of balance in my head where it's like, oh, well, you hid a comp- like a merchant behind a hidden wall somewhere like yeah technically someone could find it and put a note down and that's a mechanic and it works but also that's so obtuse you know (laughs) yeah so i feel like some of the things that are in that game or like grinding yeah there's a grinding element and yeah it could make you trek through like three other stages to go back and grind so you can beat a boss and I question whether some of it was intentional or not. And what what I find myself thinking about is how did they see people playing this game? Did they expect people to lead each other along with the online component? Did FromSoft expect people to play online? Like you can play the game any way you really want. Yeah. I think there's I mean, there's a lot of extra stuff, there's a lot of hidden hidden things or like magic swords or whatever but you could just skip everything pick up a long sword at the beginning and beat it yeah like i feel like you can do that yeah Um, it's not like a get good thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) thing number two
1: (laughs) but at the same time yeah i think some of it feels like they didn't put a lot of thought into the idea and I think uh, future games in kind of the series have really refined that a lot more.
0: Yeah. And I think that was my original like beef with Dark Souls. Cause like I'm playing Dark Souls 2 now um, after having played Bloodborne to the end, Dark Souls 3 to the end, and about 20 hours of Sekiro. <laughs> so I've played a lot of these games now. And now I've played. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like 15 hours into Dark Souls 2. And it's really interesting because I actually think mechanically, Dark Souls 2 might be like the most finely tuned, like in the whole series. Really? Yeah. Because like if you play Dark Souls 2, you know, having played Dark Souls 1, but knowing that it's gonna be a different game, you realize that it's actually not that different in a lot of ways. And it's like if they took all the the mechanics from Dark Souls One and just made them all work like the way they're supposed to work uh or the way that you think they would work and so one of those mechanics that's really interesting is that you can't go offline in dark souls 2 unless you literally like unplug your network cable there's no option in the game to go offline uh, interesting it is super interesting because like The first time i tried to play dark souls i played it all offline because i played it on switch and i didn't have an online account yet yeah and i had read many places that like you can do that it's fine lots of people do it and it was just not in the cards for me it was super frustrating it was just like not fun it was it was just like too much um sure and so playing you know the rest of the games except for Sekiro, which is also offline which i also (laughs) haven't beaten and i'm pretty fucking stuck in you know uh you kind of realize that it's like oh online is a really important component so then jumping into dark souls 2 initially i was like oh there's no way to go offline because sometimes i like to go offline if i'm just like grinding and i don't want to get invaded or something but it's actually been really cool to be forced to play it online and only play it online because you realize it's like that is like the intended way I think you know that you're supposed to be online you're supposed to be getting notes and you're supposed to be getting invaded and all that stuff and I guess for people who don't know if you're like me and you have still not you like waited forever to play Dark Souls basically the online component is that people can leave notes for you that oftentimes will either like reveal secrets or just be weird, like pranks on you where they're like, Oh, jump off here. There's a secret, you know, and then you die. Um, and also there's like a PVP component where people can invade you or you can invade them. Uh, and then you have to like fight them and you can also like summon players to help, Uh, So a lot of the bosses are actually a lot more manageable when you summon help either people, you know, or you can summon randos if there are like summon signs left around the area. And yeah, like that's just such a game changer, like coming from a first playthrough of Dark Souls that I did everything offline and then actually playing online. It's like it's a totally different game and you suddenly understand a lot of the choices made. In the game, so that's one thing that I think was like very intentional was the online component being like pretty like core to the experience, you know,
1: for sure. Um, I I've come to that conclusion as well because the first time I played Dark Souls, I played it completely offline, and because i was playing dark souls 2 on playstation if you didn't sign into playstation network you could also play it offline okay and i've definitely come around to the idea that yeah online is is the way it is meant to be played yeah i mean a lot of the, i found myself looking at some of the like weird mechanics or like hidden things and yeah i think i think the intention is clearly for people to help each other through these games And, of course, there's the invasion element as well, but there's also a group that you can join where if someone gets invaded, you can come in and fight with them. Oh, nice. So it ultimately gets balanced out. And, yeah, I agree. It's it's a completely different experience, and I think it's a lot more fun.
0: Yeah. Well, because, yeah, I mean, I think for a long time now, people have been, or developers have been trying to figure out how you balance, like an online and an offline experience because, you know, always online is just now the norm, right? Like you're you're always online. So even if you're playing a single player game that, you know, comes from the tradition of offline games, there is going to be some sort of online component. And I think instead of, you know, like tacking on a weird shitty, like, you know, battle mode or something like, yeah, <laughs> actually integrating it into the game experience is so much cooler. And that's what's so funny too. Cause I played death stranding, before i played dark souls like a fucking idiot and so i was playing i was playing dead stranding and i was like wow this really is so genius you know like the fact that you can sort of see other people and what they're doing but you can't interact with them you could just leave notes or whatever it's amazing and then i played dark souls and i was like oh no this is much better actually <laughs> like this is actually yeah. what a mixture of online and offline should be like
1: I I saw. I have not played Death Stranding yet. It's uh, high on my list.
0: It's very good. It's very very good. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Awesome. But when I saw kind of gameplay footage and all of those elements pop up, I was like, I'm so glad that they've maybe borrowed that from these games and integrated it in because yeah, it is a really fun system. Yeah. And if more developers start adopting that level of play, it will be a good thing in my opinion. So yeah. Um, however, I'm, I'm a little worried now because like, did you, how, how long after launch did you play death stranding?
0: Oh, uh, it was a while. I mean, I think it came out like in fall 2019 and I probably played it in summer
1: 2020. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, part of me wants to play it, but part of me also wants to play it offline because... And I might be saying something really stupid here. Uh-huh. Um, the idea of, like, launching in and being like, okay, I'm going to play this game. I'm going to trek across America with my my baby and my bottles of whatever.
0: Uh-huh. This is all fun. Piss. Your and own then, piss. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, bottles of that. And... <laughs> then i find that like 30 players built a highway across the whole thing like that that seems unappealing to me. So but in terms of like the ghost element and like some elements as well that's that i like that. That's really good.
0: Yeah, no, the the online thing is cool because it doesn't quite work that way. It's okay. It's more like if you start something, people can come in and also work on it.
1: Oh, uh, that's much better. Yeah. Okay.
0: And so I think like occasionally you'll come across something that somebody else put down there, but like it really doesn't make the game much easier. Um, the game's difficulty is is very well balanced and it's kind of just going to be the same game no matter what, you know, but there's just some cool moments you can have where like if you see where there could be a bridge and you're just like, oh, let me let me start this. You might come back later and find that people are kind of slowly building it out. Um it's that's cool. yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's really interesting. And also there's all the notes and stuff. Um, and it that's also interesting too, because it it kind of creates this weird overstimulation aspect within a game that is literally set in like an empty like hellscape. So yeah. I like the contrast of that where it's like it's post-apocalyptic, but people still just leave like dumb emojis everywhere and shit. It's like, yeah. And cause that's the cool part of the game. Like the, sto- the good storytelling and like good world building and stuff all happens within things like that. Not the actual story. The actual story is like gobbledygook It's just like random shit. You know, I have, I have
1: no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I also think that that leaves a sense of realism because would a post-apocalyptic hellscape not be covered in people writing dumb emojis everywhere? Yeah, I feel like that's, that's just part of the, it's part of the deal. Yeah, so, for I sure. Suppose that's, that's a way to look at it. Yeah. So if I, if I find a field of like goofy notes everywhere, I'll just be like, this is, this is what would actually happen.
0: Yeah. This
1: is real. It feels, that's more realistic yeah. than, than the baby that I'm tied to. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that.
0: Yeah. No, the, the baby's great. The baby's too good to be true. Love that baby. But the dumb messages are spot on. And like the bad music also, I hate the music in that game. And it's also feels exactly correct where it's like, yeah, people would, would do this <laughs> just play like crappy, like, I don't know, shopping in the mall, sad pop music everywhere. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, like. It, it adds. I love it. I love all that shit in that game. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's great. I think you'll like it a lot. Um, awesome. But yeah, I think that like in what that also adds a lot to Dark Souls, like playing it always online, seeing like every message that the game wants to show you getting invaded by everyone who wants to invade you. Like it does add a different element to the game and give it a totally different feel what I came to really appreciate about this and this segues into something else I really want to talk about is that I think the community element in that game is great because it's at arm's length. Um, because like you have this social experience, but you don't like have to actually talk to anyone or you don't have to yes. like actually like who you don't want to, right? Like you can invite a friend and, And chat and whatever, but like, if you don't want to talk to anyone, like you're not going to talk to anyone because I found one of the most frustrating things about this, you know, first Dark Souls specifically is that like whenever you look up anything about this game, it's just wrong. Like it's so wrong and it's just really frustrating in a game where you have to look up so much shit. You know.
1: I wonder about that, and and first, I'll say I I really like the no communication aspect as well, or like limited communication, because you do have like a number of gestures that you can you can deploy, or in later games, like a rock that says hello if you drop it,
0: and yeah. things
1: like that. Um, big fan of the hello rock.
0: I have not seen but, the hello rock.
1: Oh, you you'll find it, um, <laughs> but yeah it's it's really nice to not summon someone and then have to like deal with them, i guess yeah uh um, for sure yeah okay i need I need help with this boss. uh someone pops up, they wave, you wave, and uh then you go for it, and it is a bit of it is a bit of a lottery because you might get people who die right away you might get someone that just beats the boss for you yeah um but yeah it, it is it is kind of nice knowing that like okay I have to spend this item to summon somebody because it does it, there is a cost and they don't pop out and it's the guy from the game store that sold me the game I was like <laughs> bro what's <laughs> up man like oh you're gonna do that like yeah, of course we're gonna do it. I just summoned you. Like, let's let's go. Yeah. So, leaving that element out of it, or you know, not having to fight someone where like someone's yelling in the background or or being weird is is fun. It's yeah, I think arm's length is a, is a great way to put it. Yeah, um, it's crucial. I mean, you have you have the M- you have the NPCs that'll help you, and some of them talk and some of them don't, but it encourages a level of cooperation and play that fits the mold that I think the creators are trying to, trying to make without kind of breaking that wall into what ends up being kind of common multiplayer experiences outside of games like this. And yeah, I think it's unique and I enjoy it a lot.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cause like when you can't talk or you can't message or anything, it's like all you can do is just like, do something in the game yeah so you're just kind of like well i'm just gonna like interact with this person by like beating this boss like let's just go beat the boss you know or like let's get through this area or whatever it is you're trying to do and yeah yeah i think that is actually like really legit because like you know here's a good example it's the other night i was playing and i was at a really hard boss so i summoned someone to help they popped in we go to do the boss and the first thing he does is he runs over and he tries to use this like trick to kill it that doesn't work in multiplayer and I was like super frustrated because I couldn't like yell at him like dude don't yeah. don't fucking do that it doesn't work in multiplayer like the way he was trying to do it um, and so I died and I went back to the bonfire and I used another item to make myself human I was like let's see if else shows up nope same dude and i was just like okay i'll try one more time with this fucking guy and i did and we lost but this time he actually like fought the boss and i was like that's
1: that's good yeah
0: and then we did it a third time and we beat the boss and i was like okay see that's sick because if we had had voice chat we would just would have been arguing this whole time For sure, because the dude would have been like well you have to do it this way i'm like it doesn't work in multiplayer and he's like no i'm a mod on r slash dark souls underscore backup so like you have to like listen to me or whatever and it's like dude fuck you (laughs) you know but instead it was like no like you see i'm not down so just do just let's just fucking kill this dude and we did it you know
1: Yeah, that's that's great because yeah, other games like you you have to deal with someone who's going to come in. They might just start yelling things. You may want to start yelling things at them. I don't usually play voice chat on games, but um, yeah, you know we've we've all been there. Yeah, Um, but this game reduces it to: do I summon this person again? Yeah, and like that's a much healthier choice to make than you know yelling after you died pops up or anything like that so yeah yeah it's it's the community aspect of the game is really interesting and i think by keeping it at arm's length it's it's just like an appropriate level of interaction that keeps that immersion going right but also is really effective and i think that's that's cool
0: yeah for sure but like i also brought up earlier i think it stands in contrast to like actually looking shit up in the game. Uh, yes. Where, like, you just get the wrong answer always. And I, I mean, specifically, I blame the fucking internet for me not getting into Dark Souls the first time I played it. Because, like, I i Googled, like, which one should I play first? And it was always like, play Dark Souls first, play Dark Souls first, play Dark Souls first. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I was like, can I play it online? Yes. Absolutely. And I looked up all sorts of other questions. And it would, like, always tell you the wrong thing you know it's like oh yeah like definitely play a pyromancer if you're new like all this shit that it's like are you kidding me these are like literally all the wrong answers and it led to me just like putting the game down you know because like i think if someone if one person would have just been like no play dark souls 3 first i would have had like you know so much more fun during that playthrough and not just like wasted like 30 hours of my life being frustrated you know what i mean
1: for sure um i think i would probably see i mean if if someone wanted to play these games i would probably say either bloodborne or dark souls 3 at this point yeah 100 and and with that community aspect and like looking stuff up i wonder how much of that the developers Really anticipated sometimes, because mm-hmm. I mean, like you get the game; it's hard. It says prepare to die on the front. Like, okay, that's that's all cool, but uh, the get good aspect of online, <laughs> or you know, having these elaborate guides or whatever written out. I wonder how much of that they really thought about in terms of the release and like what they think of it. You know? Yeah, because a lot of that stuff comes from. How much you want to put in, right. and yeah, you might find the you know magic curse sword of of whoever, and it'll be cool. But you don't need it, right? And now there are you know all these guys are like here's why you need the magic curse sword of whatever, yeah. in order to do this, and it's it just muddies it up. I think it like we were just talking about how the online kind of arm's length aspect of this game is so appealing but as a result now there's a very passionate contingent of people who seem to want to do anything but that yeah and that's really interesting to me whether someone engages with them or not is is really up to them um obviously some of these frustrating aspects may lead people to open that door i mean i've opened it like a few times of course right um but whether that community, because yeah, I can totally see people being turned off by it. Cause if you go like if you were to go on Dark Souls backupred.org <laughs> or whatever yeah. and say, hey, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to beat this boss. Like, could anyone drop a summon or whatever? You're gonna get people who are helpful, which is great, but you're also gonna get the people who are like, I beat this thing using the naked character and I beat it with a Guitar Hero controller, so, yeah. you know, the line. And yeah. I want, like, okay, I'm going to say it again, because at this point I just think it's funny. Yeah, you have, uh, you have to. Did, did, did they foresee Get Good being a thing? And what do they think about that? I think that's an interesting thing to think about.
0: It's a good question, um, because here's the thing. So I like to go into games blind, I don't like yeah. to use strategy guides. I don't like to look up stuff too much. And it's not a pride thing. It's just that when I'm playing a video game, I think it's annoying to keep like stopping, you know, like I just sure. want to. Sure. And like, so, you know, we talked about this in a few episodes recently, but like, I love the like Ega Castlevania games. Those are like my favorite games ever. And yeah, part of the reason I love those games so much is that you don't really need a strategy guide despite how much they seem like strategy guide bait, because you can literally just run around the castle and use the map to like find all the secrets if you're patient enough. And so that's kind of like my ideal game experience. So going into dark souls the first time I was so clueless about the game that I was just really stuck to the strategy guide. And I kind of just eventually got to a point where I was like, this is kind of miserable. Like I don't even understand why people like these games. And then once I actually figured it out with Bloodborne and went back and started playing the other games in the series, I realized it. you it's like what you're saying where you don't actually need to look that much shit up or you don't need to be that like strategy guide bound. What you need, like with, and this is like, you know, not up for debate. What you need is just to understand how the game is played right? Yes. And I think that was really interesting because once I figured that out all the like you have to look it up or all the stuff that people say online like suddenly didn't matter because it was like, oh yeah, like I actually don't give a fuck. Like if you look up any of these games the number one thing you'll see online is people asking like, I'm having trouble with this, what should I do? And everyone's like, you have to do a dexterity build and only use deck scaling weapons and it's like, what? That's not true at all. like that's just like absolutely no. not true. like right yeah, like and that was the thing like when I really figured it out was with um Dark Souls three because I was like, I'm just gonna be a knight with a sword and a shield like the most like basic vanilla ass thing and see if I can just figure out the game better and get better at the game and it was way easier for me. I was like, oh, holy shit like this is way fucking easier because it's just very basic and like easy to grasp. So yeah, I feel like from the game designers perspective, I do feel like they made a game that you can interact with in a pretty normal way. Like in the same way that you would interact with like Castlevania symphony of the night or, you know, something of a similar like gameplay style or difficulty level. I'm trying to think of something and like nothing is coming to mind, but you know, like, it's it's more of a normal game. It's just that, like, it's very, very obtuse. And that's the thing that I still don't love about these games that I know a lot of other people do is that like, I really wish they were more upfront, just about how the systems work, you know. Like, I'm totally cool with the world being this dark mystery. That's awesome. But like I would just like to know how like the dodge roll works and like how the equip load system works, you know. For sure. And like yeah. So th- I think it's, yeah. yeah,
1: like the dodge roll and everything. I mean, I guess maybe they were thinking like, yeah, okay, you're going to eventually and it's been a while since I've played it admittedly. So like maybe in like stage 2 or 3 you're going to get some heavier armor and yeah, you're going to figure it out. Um but yeah a bit, a bit more information I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at it I I mean I think back to kind of the first boss right where it does the famous like I don't know famous uh you go I, for those who haven't played it like you go in and there's a giant boss in front of you and you can't beat it right and you eventually have to figure out that you can't beat it. And there's <laughs> another thing you have to do. And I've I've read online people who claim that like, "Oh, I I bought this. The counter guy said it was hard. I went and I just got wrecked by this boss over and over again. And I returned it." But eventually you figure out what you have to do. And I guess that kind of stuck with me of like, "Okay, this is going to be obtuse cuz like who's who's doing that in the game, right?" Right. So that kind of stuck with me, but yeah, the dodge roll you kind of figure it out, the equipment load thing. I hate the equipment load thing. Mm-hmm. Um once I once I finally got around to playing Bloodborne and realized that wasn't a thing, I was very happy. Yeah. So I think you can figure it out kind of as it goes, but yeah, maybe maybe a bit more explanation would be I don't think it would sour the experience or anything.
0: Yeah, well because like what you're talking about is cool. Like the game just kind of pushing you, seeing how far it can push you, kind of messing with you a bit. That's cool. I mean like I, I, like the first games I really loved was stuff like Castlevania and like survival horror games and they just do that constantly, you know, and like just hiding things and invisible walls and all that kind of bullshit. That's just straight up like lifted and put into, um, dark souls. So I like all that stuff, but it's just that like the basic systems in dark souls are so obtuse and so hard to grasp. And I think that is where I, that's kind of where the game lost me initially, you know? And like, I think the thing that I had to learn, and maybe this will help people who haven't gotten into the series yet or who are still trying to get into it. The thing that I learned is you you have to do a little bit of research, obviously. Like, you do have to look up just the basics for how the systems work. But I also kind of just had to take a more, like, hands-off approach to it. Because, like... If you're used to a normal game where you're kind of micromanaging your character build and you have all the control, you have to accept that Dark Souls isn't like that and you kind of just have to go, okay, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like, as long as I have a a vague goal in mind, you know, like, okay, like I said, I'm a knight. I'm going to put a lot of points in the strength and stamina. That's my vague goal, you know? And all my other decisions are going to kind of branch off of that. Like if you do that and you take a more hands-off approach, you'll be fine. But I think going into it blind, you're like, why are there so many stats? I don't understand what's going on. Like, how does all this shit work? And it's like super overwhelming in a way that like, isn't fun, you know?
1: For sure. Yeah. And I I think that's, I think you've, you've nailed the right strategy. I mean, in terms of, just about everything with these games there's so much of a rabbit hole you can go down in terms of items storyline if you care um basic stuff and yeah i mean when you get hit with that big you know stat list at the beginning in our in earlier games you're like oh god what do i have to do with all this but yeah realize that what is your character what do they need? Put it in that, and whatever happens happens. And I think that's a far more fun and ultimately easier way to approach it. yeah, so I'm with you on that.
0: yeah, and I think it kind of it kind of applies to everything that you do in the game because you'll you'll hit this point of like, well, there's optional areas, there's optional items and all stuff. and I think unless you're really trying to like, torture yourself or you super love the game like you're like I just love like you're just gonna learn to ignore most of that stuff like you're just gonna be like okay I don't care or like I'll come back and do it later you know like that is one of the cool things about the game design in all these games is that there's a non-linear aspect like if there's something you don't have to do you might just want to skip it and come back later when you have a little bit more experience you know and like that ended up being a really fun way to play um well all these games but especially dark souls i found
1: yeah for sure yeah um you can find some of that hidden stuff and maybe you find it maybe you don't i mean most of that stuff some of it is really fun like did did you do the painted world yes yeah yeah like big fan of the painted world, yeah. But uh, like ultimately, it doesn't it doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you're someone who's like trolling online or like trawling online, I guess not trolling, yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, I need the magic scythe from the thing. Like, yeah, you're gonna have a rough time playing this game because you're gonna be busting your ass trying to get all this stuff or going into situations in which you don't really need to, yeah. Or trying to rush it. When you're not capable of doing it because of all of this online stuff, that's like top ten amazing weapons for Dark Souls. Yeah. You gotta find this, and yeah, none of that matters. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember it it's t- obtuse. Yeah. It's it's there, but like I think that's kind of fun though. Like it, I part of me really likes the fact that they've hidden entire levels in this game that like you would just never find. Yeah. Um, but I also appreciate the fact that they don't matter
0: yeah no for sure and I think that is kind of the approach uh, that makes the game most fun like if you you know take that mindset and I also think this is something I said in an earlier episode too I think maybe about Bloodborne where I was saying that like one thing I find really fascinating about these games is that you do feel that there was a lot of care put into the way the games are made And that there was a lot of like intention behind how everything was designed. Yes. And so like there are, you know, those moments where it is fun to think like, okay, what was the intention here? Or like, what did the designers of the game intend? Like with this choice or with this part of the game or whatever. And I think that is a bit of a double-edged sword because it's also why there's so many annoying people on the internet who are like, you have to play it the right way or like, you know, you're disrespecting the designer's intent or, you know, whatever. Some, some real like gooey notice me senpai bullshit, but like, yes, I think when you're actually playing the game, I got the sense more that it's like, well, this game is actually supposed to be really fun and open-ended and so the best thing i can do is just kind of figure out what i'm interested in and do all of that shit 100 and then ignore all the shit that i don't care about like when i figured out i just needed like i mean I, I was mostly just using like an axe and then like a great sword i think those are the only weapons i use in the whole game so it's like anything else yeah. i get i'm fucking selling like i just i don't want it get it out of here you know so it's like or if there's like a thing if i look in a guy and it's like oh you can get this crazy whatever some something i don't give a shit about and it's like oh well guess what i don't give a shit about that like <laughs> i'm just sort of, I, mean, I, of I, I,
1: I guess it's good to have the option but yeah it, it, it's unnecessary and it doesn't appeal to me yeah so. Thank you guide. But <laughs> yeah. I'll stick with the sword I found ten minutes in and it's yeah. it's just fine.
0: Well and uh, yeah, it's a very flexible game in that regard where it's meant to be played multiple times or played over and over. So you can try different builds and you can try different things. But I think for your first time through and if you're like struggling at all, it's like you just gotta stick to your guns, you just gotta find what works for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I mean I've tried playing it in different builds and like i hate playing the magic yeah. user like the wizard it's just not fun yeah. to me at all but i'm sure it appeals to somebody out there and that's great for them like yeah they may just like a sword like what am i i'm like no i'm not using a sword in this game but <laughs> no i'm i'm gonna use the sword and I think there's a good number of options available for that especially in like later games like Dark Souls 2 has a lot more of an adaptable playstyle thing going on than the first one yeah. but yeah and I mean I think that online component kind of pushing people one way or the other or making fun of certain things is not really it's not really relevant to the game because the real online community is like the people you summon, the people that put the dumb joke in front of whatever. Okay. And I think kind of everything that's sprung up about it is just it's just kind of like every online community, full of people who need to be the most knowledgeable of everything or like gatekeep in some ways. And yeah, if you're if you're looking to play this game for the first time, um don't read any of that just just go in and find out what works for you yeah and once it clicks it'll click yeah and if it doesn't that's totally cool
0: thank you for listening to zero brightness if you'd like to support us directly you can go to patreon.com zero brightness you can also find and interact with us on facebook instagram and discord All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Yeah, for sure. Because it's also like, I've said this before. There's certain things that I've said before that I still totally stand by, even though I've done a 180 on like liking the games. I do think I was kind of spot on, like in a lot of my original analysis of the games. Um, One thing is that I feel like it's one of the most influential games of the last decade partially because it's full of a lot of really cool ideas that just are not finished like the ideas are kind of like very embryonic in the way that they're put into the game so to me it does make total sense that a bunch of other developers took those ideas and ran with them you know because like they're cool but they're also they're also janky in the game
1: and I, I love to see the other developers uh, running with it. Right. So that's great too. The word that keeps popping into my head is obtuse, which we've said a few times here. Yeah. Um, like, what? Like, give me an example of something that feels like janky.
0: Okay. Let me get this off my chest because I have a couple of things about this game that I think still suck. They, su- right, let's they suck so bad. Okay. So number one is going to sound crazy because it's something that people love about this game, but I want to kind of maybe take a more nuanced take after I spit my huge hot take here. So give me, give me a second. Okay. The hot take is that I think the level design in dark souls fucking sucks. Like, okay. So here's my thing. I think the map design and the visual design are fantastic, right? Like everything sure. looks really cool. The way that areas flow together is very cool. But there are a couple of huge things that make the game just like so unfun in certain areas. Number 1, why are there so many fucking narrow walkways and tight spaces? Like unreasonably narrow walkways and unreasonably tight spaces in a game where you generally use bigger weapons and have a really slow like wind up animation like i remember like trying to use great swords in like 40% of the game is impossible because like there's just not enough room to even like swing your sword you know and it's like yeah what is the meaning what is the meaning of this who did this you know and like you know, yeah
1: yeah i I will go to bat for Sen's fortress and the annoying high walkways there because that's more intentional. But I think you raised a very good point about that. Um, Cause yeah, I think one of the first times I started playing with like the claymore or whatever. And yeah, I ran into that all the time. It was really annoying. So yeah.
0: And they would never do it again. Like None no, of them. they don't. Yeah,
1: they don't. Which good for them. They they realized. Oh, maybe we should make it so that like all the weapons work <laughs> in these scenarios. So, uh, if anyone from FromSoft is listening, uh, great job. Uh, I'm glad. You uh you evolved on that. Yeah. That's that's good. Thanks,
0: we appreciate you. Good looking out. All the stuff you Don't say. Stop.
1: Get good. Yes.
0: All the stuff you say. Um, God, <laughs> dude, this is gonna suck to edit. I'm gonna drop in so many dings, uh, but I'm committed to the bit. Um, but yeah, so that that drove me crazy too, because like there are areas that are supposed to be shortcuts that because they're these super narrow walkways with tons of enemies they're pretty much unusable like it's its less frustrating to just take the long way around you know and that's another thing about the level design that I think is not good in Dark Souls is the placement of bonfires and shortcuts it's bad like and it's another thing that they never do again like it is so wild to play Dark Souls 2 which I'm doing right now which so many people hate and right after playing Dark Souls one, because it's like, Oh, they fixed everything. Like all of those level design problems that were in Dark Souls one, Dark Souls two fixes like in a pretty major way. And I would say the biggest one is, you know, the bonfires are too far apart. A lot of the shortcuts are basically unusable due to weird janky level design. And there's no bonfire warping until you're almost at the end of the game. At which point, like, it saves you some time, but, like, you've already racked up, I don't know, a dozen extra hours because you couldn't warp between bonfires. Like, I mean, it's it's pretty out of pocket. Like, the fact that the first chunk of the game took me, like, you know, almost 30 hours, and then that whole last chunk took me, like, 10 you know what I mean? Just because right. I could warp around, I didn't have to fuck with it. Like I've said this before. I think that the shortcuts in Dark Souls One, they're cool to discover, but they're not fun to use because the traversal is so long and the level design is so like punishing. Whereas in all the other games, shortcuts are like a joy. Like, yeah, there's enemies on them and yeah. stuff. They're not like easy, but they're just like so fun to use and just zip between areas, you know?
1: Yeah. You don't have to like jump off of like a tiny narrow ledge right into a uh like iron maiden and ride it around yeah and then it like ends up right in front of like a tough enemy like yeah. yeah i i think that's improved and the thing about bonfire warping i think in the first part of the game i kind of don't mind that you can't warp through i think there are, i think there are a decent number of bonfires the pace is Maybe you know the placement is maybe not ideal, but it but it works. But what gets me on the second part of the game, because I'm kind of with you there, is that you can't warp to all of them. Yeah. Like there are just select bonfires that you can warp to. And yeah, surprise, they're all like the worst ones. (laughs) Yeah. Um, at least it brings you it brings you to the grinding area. So good on them for that. But yeah. Yeah, like in uh the what was it the Duke's archives? Mm-hmm. Like that—that that bonfire sucks. Yeah, and it's the only one you can go to. So
0: yeah, and you don't I mean, know I mean, if a bonfire is warpable or not. So there's no there's time you can warp out of anywhere, but you can't warp back in. And I've fucked myself doing that
1: before for sure. Yeah, like I brought I brought that one up specifically because yeah. yeah, I've I've done that. Yeah, it's horrible. And it, it it's not it's not great. Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, Not not the best, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm glad they've gone from the... You should be happy we gave you anything at all to... Yeah, you can go anywhere you want. And if you want to explore more, the door's open. Go for it. So, yeah, I think that's an improvement.
0: Yeah, because I do think that a big part of why all the later games are less frustrating is because... You can, if you're stuck somewhere, you have the ability to just warp out somewhere else and either explore a whole new area, try and do a side quest, or just go and grind and collect items and do whatever. So yeah, there's a big, you know, element of not feeling stuck that is very motivational in like Dark Souls 2, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3. And... I think that was like a big part of like where I stopped you know, the first time, which is at, in um, Orlando at Ornstein and Smo. Um,
1: that's where I stopped too. Yeah, when I mentioned I stopped earlier. Like that's where I stopped as well.
0: I definitely would have kept playing had I been able to warp out and go somewhere and just grind or work on whatever. Because like right after that, like when you get the warping, I spent I don't know how long, like quite a few hours. Literally just leveling up my weapons and armor and that was it because it was like oh well now that I can warp in and out from like the good blacksmith like and I can just like buy as many large shards as I want like I can grind and level up all my equipment and that's super fun like all the loops in the game related to leveling up or improving your gear or whatever are like super fun you know and it's just like just
1: about I would. I think the humanity farming area is not fun. Yeah. Uh, which is the rat area in the catacombs, which thankfully you can warp to after you blow all of it on Ornstein and Smo, and uh, level that up. But yeah, that's just a pain. But everything else is. Yeah, I, I agree. Like you can go back. You can have fun as long as you don't want humanity and then in that case um i don't know put on a podcast or something yeah
0: well that's another thing that is not amazing in this game is the humanity system because basically if you want to you know summon or do anything online um you have to be human Um, And you basically have to use an item called humanity at a bonfire to restore your humanity. There's a great little thing that pops up on screen when you do it. Fantastic sound effect and title card there. You'll love it. Act. yeah, For sure. (laughs) Big time. Um, But like, yeah, you have to really carefully manage your humanity and you have to basically only ever use it if you absolutely need it. Um, because it's very hard to come by and farming. It sucks. Farming. It sucks so bad that it's off the table for me. I tried it once. No, I won't do it. Like you literally have to kill rats over and over for so fucking long, which like you were fresh from Skyrim. So you were kind of into that, but I'm not into that.
1: (laughs) Maybe there's a good point there, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I found myself not being into that. Uh, while playing this game and yeah, um podcasts, I guess. Yeah. But and the other thing about the humanity system is that you can lose it. Yeah. So if you farm all of that up and you have a number of humanity kind of stored up, because you can also earn humanity uh randomly by like killing a big group of enemies at once, mm-hmm. or I don't even know how some of it works because I'll just be playing in like I'll get a humanity or two. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's nice. I'm not mad at that at all. But then if I get invaded by some like real good player, uh, then it's all gone. Yeah. And in some of those boss areas, specifically in front of the boss that we've, uh, we've mentioned here, uh, that would happen regularly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I have to go through like four different levels, kill all these things that I've already killed, because if you're new to this game, every time you you sit in a bonfire and rest and save, every enemy in the game respawns always. So you always have to go by them. You can run past them if you want. Um, Not as easy as in some of the later games, but it's like, okay, here's... The 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 butcher with the paper bag on its head coming at me. Okay, I gotta kill this again. Yeah, gotta do this. Then I made it to the rats. Yeah. I have to do that, and yeah, it it's it sucks. So I'm glad that they fixed all of that in the uh, later games. And I think the Dark Souls kind of dar- or Dark Souls Two humanity system um, has its own issues, but at least you can't lose it.
0: Yeah, so Dark Souls 2 and 3 have a similar humanity system and Dark Souls and Bloodborne have a similar humanity system. But the problem with Dark Souls is that you need to spend one humanity to become human and you have to spend another to summon each NPC that you want to use. So, like in other games, if you have like 10 of whatever the equivalent of humanity is, you're kind of like doing all right, you know? Oh, you're
1: sad. Yeah. yeah,
0: but in this game, like you know, if you want a couple tries of a boss with one other person, I mean, that's like almost five. And then, especially if you're summoning extra NPCs or whatever, like you can easily blow through like ten humanity in a in one sitting trying to beat like a really hard boss with NPCs. And lose.
1: Yeah. And lose and go back to the rat den. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. It, that's that's why I walked away from it. Yeah. For a while, it's like I I killed too many rats, man. <laughs> it's just not it's not fun.
0: It was not vibey to kill that many rats, you know.
1: Definitely not vibey. No. Yeah,
0: we were not vibing. Um yeah, and so it's just like it's such a weird fucked up way to handle that. And like so Dark Souls 2 and 3 it's much simpler where it's just like use item become human and then you can Summon as many people as you want, and you know when you die, you're not human anymore. So it's just a much simpler interaction. It only uses like one you know item yeast at a time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Bloodborne is kind of a middle ground between those two because it is um, you know it's an item based thing. You have to spend one for every NPC you summon, but you don't have to like make yourself human or anything. Like that system is gone and the right. the items are just way more plentiful in the game they're
1: ev- they're everywhere yeah yeah and you, like right off the bat you start getting like one you know one dose items every time you kill a boss you get like a handful of them yeah and then by level like 3 or 4 whatever equivalent it is in this game you're picking up like oh if i smash this Like worm covered skull, I get thirty of these. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So it's not really possible to run out. Like that's what I don't like about the second game, is because the the in that in that game it's called a human effigy. Mm -hmm. It's like a little wicker doll. Um, There's like a finite amount in the game. Yeah, so. If you lose that, like that, that brings back to Dark Souls because it's like, okay, the rat den sucks, but at least I can get them eventually. Whereas in that one, it's like, oh, you bought all of them from the 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 witches, and you found as many chests as you could. Well, good luck. (laughs) So I found that kind of annoying. So when I when I picked up on Bloodborne and was a wash in in riches from the wormed skulls. I was I was very happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I do feel too though that it does interact with like the game's difficulty balance overall. And I feel that pretty much every other Souls game has a better difficulty balance than Dark Souls. Like <laughs> I just I felt like Dark Souls had a ton of punishing bosses and those hard caps on like how often you can summon people and it kind of it makes a game where you can end up in that scenario where you're just kind of like fucked whereas I found in the other games that I, I felt like and Dark Souls 2 so far I also feel this way that the difficulty is just so much more balanced that you're just not as, like, scared of using up all of your items and, like, you're still hoarding them like it's a, you know, an old-ass survival horror game but there just isn't as much of that pressure of, like, if you do this wrong, you'll lose which is, like, I feel like Dark Souls is a game that you do for as much flexibility as there is in, like, how you want to play and where you want to go in certain spots you do have to play it the right way. Like, you don't get a lot of flexibility in certain aspects. And the humanity system is one of them, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, I think I felt a bit differently with Dark Souls 2, because I, I often, like, every time I popped one of those things, it was like, I need to nail this now. Uh huh. Um, and I think, I, I don't know where you are in the game. I think definitely in later areas of the game, it was more of a thing. Yeah. Um especially with certain bosses, but Yeah, I mean, I guess it's harder for me to say because Dark Souls 1 was the first one that I played. And I wonder like if I had started with Bloodborne or Dark Souls 3, would I identify more with that point. And yeah. I think it's definitely a possibility, but that's not where I started. So, I think yeah, I I think I mean like I said earlier, I would start with Bloodborne and Dark Souls three, but yeah, I think I think it's all about how you approach it and how you ultimately use it. Yeah, uh, like when you when you find a boss, do you summon more than not? Um, I usually
0: try it once. Yeah, to see. Um and then kind of see what I'm working with and if I'm like oh I could totally do that solo I will and if I'm on the fence I'll probably try it again and then once again just kind of see where I'm at you know sure yeah
1: I think I I guess I'll just get beaten down quite a few times before I spend it so oh, sure. Uh, maybe that's a different level of play but yeah I mean it's I guess there's also an option for that.
0: Yeah. So, I feel like. Which is nice. Yeah. So. It is nice. I feel like the online mode is sort of like the game. You know, I know this is a huge controversy about, you know, Dark Souls easy mode, but like the online component is kind of like the game's easy mode or like kind of just giving you an out, you know, if it's just like, I can't fucking do this. Um, and I think that's also why Sekiro is like, people are like, it's the hardest one. You know, because it's like, I don't know if it is or not. It's just that like you don't have that option of like, oh, let me like call for help. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I think it is the true mode. It is. I'm kind of with you in the fact that like, yeah, that is the easy mode, because I guess my opinion is. The game would definitely lose something in my view if there was an easy mode where you could tone down the enemies or like get rid of certain things. Hmm. But it's not only an easy mode in terms of like summoning things, but it gives you such another aspect in terms of grinding in a way. Like when I was playing dark souls three, I did a lot of, I ended up doing a lot of help. Like I didn't find myself going to areas and, and grinding things. Like I would just put my sign out in front of a boss help some people, I'd, you know, praise the sun afterwards and like, I would just rack up a ton of souls and experience that way. Yeah. So like, that's also a really fun aspect of it. And uh, yeah, I guess like there are multiple ways to do it. So I, I appreciate that element of flexibility in regards to grinding aside from the rat den.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I think that I started to really appreciate it, especially in Bloodborne, but then it kind of turned me on this throughout the series. Um, I started to appreciate that some bosses are definitely designed with online play in mind. Like there are bosses that 100% like uh, become a lot more like fun and interesting when you have another person there, like not just easier, which is also why the online mode isn't like strictly just like an easy mode, you know? Cause it's like, for sure. There's a lot of bosses that like, The first time you play it, it's like a huge boss that can always zero in on you. That's usually when I'm like, oh, I think this is something I'm supposed to summon. Because when you have another person there, then they can draw fire and suddenly becomes a lot more tactical. And they're still huge and fast, so you have to stay on your toes. But like, it just becomes a lot more of like a normal video game experience. And I think that's kind of like what keeps a lot of people away from these games is that thought of like, Oh, it's like this Herculean task. It's like only someone who's crazy wants to play this or whatever. It's like, no, you just have to get into the online mode. And then like some of the bosses become a lot more palatable dark. That's why I love dark souls. Well, one of the reasons I love dark souls three so much is that I think the bosses that are designed for two people are so fucking cool. Like dancer of the Boreal Valley is like, that's probably like, in my opinion, the coolest boss fight, like maybe in the whole series. And especially if you do it with another person who's like at your same skill level, because like the boss can still flip in two directions and is still like beating the shit out of both of you. But it just becomes like just a way cooler, more interesting, like tactical experience when two people are trying to take down this monster, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, like when you were, we were saying, like the first boss that came to my mind is Quellog, the Spider Woman in Blighttown in Dark Souls One. Yep. Like fighting Quellog solo is not fun. No, <laughs> it sucks. I've done it, and no, it's not fun. And if you summon someone, even if it's the the NPC, it's it's so much more fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, Quit. And yeah. even like the like lava spitting and all of that stuff becomes a lot more interesting because you have someone drawing it away but then the other person has to navigate all that lava so yeah definitely and i think the dancer is is another great example of that because it yeah it it spins all over the place it'll target different people kind of at will mm-hmm. and it's a far more interesting fight if someone else is there. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I've played a lot of this game offline, um, but I've grown to enjoy how those encounters change when someone else is in the mix. And I don't know if all of them are like that. Um, I think I've grown to like playing against Ornstein and Samoa solo,
0: uh,
1: But some of those other bosses are, yeah, especially like the big monster bosses, which they're fun, they're cool, but kind of going back to that Bushido Blade connection, to me the most fun bosses are the kind of human enemies that you have to fight. Yes. And um, those, I think, are more fun solo. Like there's a, I think my favorite in the whole series is one of the DLC bosses in Bloodborne, who is very difficult. It's not kind of the most notorious one, but you just get wrecked even at like the last second, but the fight and the in the engagement is so much fun that you just go back to it. Yeah. And in I think with some of those human enemies, especially in Bloodborne, which is I soloed more of that than some of the other games. Um mm-hmm that element really stands out. Whereas, yeah, I guess in dark souls, like the gaping dragon or Qualog or some of those other fights. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's so much more fun with someone else there.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing too, that was a barrier to entry for me with the original dark souls. Is that like the bosses really are just the biggest fucking dudes ever. And like...
1: They are. They are very big dudes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And so, like, people love the boss fights in this whole series. And that's, like... And that's a good thing to talk about. It's a good segue into talking about just the bosses in this game. But, like... Yeah. People love the boss fights in this whole series. And when I first played Dark Souls, I have to say I was a little underwhelmed. Because, like you, I do like the smaller bosses that have a little more flair and a little more strategy to them whereas yes. like so I've never played like an MMO ever in my life okay. I think when I was in middle school one time I played Asheron's Call for like 10 minutes and I was like I don't get this uh, at my because my friend, I, I don't think I, I don't think I ever
1: heard the call myself, so <laughs> I can't uh, play that one. I've played a little bit of of some of them, but yeah, yeah, I'm with you.
0: But like when you've like I've seen what it looks like, like I've watched people play them, or I've like seen footage of like people playing MMOs, and like in MMOs, it seems there's like a pretty common trope of like a really big boss that like a hundred people can just like slowly whittle away at it. And at that point it becomes a lot about just like preparation and a little bit about teamwork. And then like a very little bit about like, actually like what you're doing in the moment. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of what the bosses in the original dark souls are like. And I think that that's one reason why I was like a little bit underwhelmed because later in the series, they do go more in that direction of smaller bosses that are faster and like a lot more tactical and like, you know, like I always think about how like the first couple bosses in both Bloodborne and DS three are both like people that are about your size. A lot of the bosses in dark souls two are about your size, which I love. Um, and so, like in in the original Dark Souls, it feels a lot like those later um, Symphony of the Night bosses, where they just like fill up the whole room. They're gigantic and super fucked up and crazy, um, but they a lot of them can just become a lot of like rolling around and like camping underneath them and getting like cheap shots, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, some of the some of those later bosses. Because in the game, in the game, you kind of progress to a point, and then you kind of get this element where a person tells you, "Okay, you need to kill these like four people, and then uh, then you have to kill the big bad." Right. Um, it's like the new Resident Evil, exactly
0: um, like that. Yeah, yeah
1: a, a, a large person tells you that <laughs> there's a big bad, and you have to you have to kill all of its henchmen before before you can do it. And they each have their own little themed area. It's yeah. It's all very fun
0: and um, lots of questionable you, voice acting in both.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, some of those bosses. I mean, because I remember when you kind of recorded that episode of like, I don't like these, uh-huh. and I think you make a lot of good points on that. And like, I knew exactly where. It, like, you didn't say where you where you dropped off, but like in describing it, it was like, oh, that's. That's where you stop. Yeah. And I'll say one of the critiques of this game is that the second half, I feel like it's kind of underwhelming in regards to the first half. If you beat Ornstein and Smo and you get the Lord vessel, you can stop. Mm. You can totally stop right there and have a grand old time. Cause I mean, like see the Scaleless or like Gravelord Nido, like I think that I think the skeleton level is really fun, but those bosses are really underwhelming. Ultimately. And you're right, you can just like camp under them and and just chop them down. Yeah. So I'm glad that in the later games they included a lot of uh kind of more human enemies. And this one has some kind of optional stuff. Like it's not really a boss, but one of my favorite things to fight in in Dark Souls is Hovel. Oh yeah. My first playthrough, I, I picked the key. always pick the key at the beginning always
0: pick the key yeah
1: always pick the key for sure and uh you can open that door Mm -hmm. like right away in the first level and here's here's another character uh similar to you with the biggest hammer you've ever seen right and you just get wrecked immediately after going through like a whole gauntlet of people throwing fire at you and shooting arrows at you and it's the whole thing and then this dude just like one hits you yeah and once you kind of go back to him and fight him it's really fun yeah cuz you can't just get under him and uh you know just hack away and and dodge his skeleton friends or whatever it's like okay i need to watch what he's doing uh, that hammer can come in any direction, yeah, and there's strategy involved. So it is kind of a weird thing that this kind of optional, not even a boss guy, is far more fun and enjoyable to fight than like the biggest big bads of of the whole game, right? And I'm glad that they maybe realized that and added more of that stuff because like Bloodborne has a few of those too, where it's like an optional kind of npc boss fight and it's some of the most fun combat in the whole game
0: oh for sure i think you can see throughout the whole series that they keep tuning it more and more to be like this kind of like really exciting one-on-one fight with an enemy that is pretty close to your size and that's like sekiro is a whole game made out of that you know
1: i still need to play that but yes
0: yeah and i i think that yeah, a lot of my favorite fights in Dark Souls are also non-bosses. like I like the the sort of like scripted invasions that happen. like there's a few of those in the game that are not other players. Yeah. They're just like uh, scripted NPC invasions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Hovel's an awesome fight. Uh, there are some really cool fights with like enemies that are like closer in size to you. Um, SiF SiF is a really good fight.
1: Sif is one sif is a good one, yeah, um, even just like the black Knights that are around, especially at the beginning when it's like yeah. super hard to deal with them, mm-hmm. like you run up a tower and there's one that's just there, and you have to deal with it like that's far more fun than you know figuring out the bed of chaos,
0: yeah, yeah, what is that? So, that was just like weird, you know, um,
1: that was a that was i think i I'll give it a you tried Uh on that one. Like, okay, let's let's give it something different. Like, okay, it's kind of a puzzle boss. And a lot of these games do have kind of that one puzzle boss. Yeah. But yeah, not fun.
0: Yeah, it's just... Not fun at all. No, it's not fun. And it's funny because they even like they made it so that you can beat it while dying multiple times and it's the only boss in the game like that which yeah. t- makes me think that they kind of knew they fucked up and they're like okay <laughs>
1: I could see that Yeah, <laughs>
0: we'll let you save your progress on that one um,
1: but yeah, yeah like after you fight that or then if you go back and fight like the stray demon in the asylum like it's night and day in terms of how fun they are
0: yeah for sure one thing i will say you know in defense of that kind of later part of the game after ornstein and smoe and Anne orlando which i didn't fully finish i did everything in the game up to the last two bosses uh okay. and then i got sick of getting knocked off of narrow walkways and i was just like i'm moving on <laughs> um, which
1: which level was that which was the second to last for you because you can kind of like branch out and do whatever four kings oh yeah um that's the worst boss (laughs) yeah that's the worst boss out of all of them
0: yeah uh so up to that i think even worse
1: than the bed of chaos
0: oh for sure yeah four kings is bullshit and that was basically where i was like "Mm, nah i'm good uh up till that like the other bosses in that little chunk of the game and areas like it is a little bit underwhelming because it suddenly gets like like the bosses get really easy but the areas get really hard in my opinion yeah um, and so it is a little bit underwhelming in that regard but I did think that that part of the game was really fun uh, just because that loop I was talking about earlier where you're always kind of like You know, looking for shards and souls and just trying to upgrade your character and your items like as much as you can, and like having the ability to warp and being able to do all that stuff at whatever pace you want um, does make that part of the game really fun. Uh, It's just that I think at that part of the game, it almost felt like I was in the DLC already, even though I wasn't. Um, Sure. And I was just kind of like using the bosses as sort of like an enticement to keep doing the other shit that i was actually enjoying in the game um huh, you know what i mean but like i feel like no, no i do yeah I hear you. yeah like the loop at that part gets really fun like the game kind of like tightens up in some certain regards uh but yeah the bosses kind of they become underwhelming and then you get to four kings and it's just like what is
1: this like who yeah, who chose this I did that one right after Ornstein. It's about the first time I (laughs) played it. Oh, my God. And uh, that was an interesting moment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you have to to fight Sif in between them. Um, Sif, the the large sword-wielding dog. Yeah. uh, Who is actually a really fun fight. So I guess there was a little bit of a reprieve there. But, yeah, what is this? This is a... Tame way of putting uh, how I felt about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But then, then it's like, okay, well, which one am I going to do next? Oh, I'll go. I'll go to the library where you have to go in a giant cavern with invisible walkways in it. Yeah. Um. Which, yeah. When when you said bad level design and mentioned walkways, like that's where my brain went. So, yeah. uh, Shout out to FromSoft for realizing that that sucked yeah. and they don't have to deal with that anymore um, yeah. but then yeah you get to the boss and it's like okay like I can hear the game the uh, game store guy like yo, yo it's, it's really big <laughs> man it's a really big <laughs> boss bro and it like shoots fire and shit at you but it's like magic fire dude but like all you gotta know is there's like a twig that you have to hit and once you hit the twig it's still hard. Okay, cool. <laughs> what do I do then? Yeah, I don't know. Run up on it and hit it. Oh, okay. And then like then I was just like, oh, all right. This is fine. <laughs> I must have done. I must have done the hard shit first, and it turns out I uh, I did the hard shit first.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's really strange. It's really weird and and lopsided for sure. But yeah, yeah. And I think that's another thing, you know, not to just keep like dunking on this game or complaining about it, but like some of the hardest moments in the game are also just like pretty janky. Like four Kings is pretty janky for sure. And so I think that's another thing with this game that like, I feel like all the other games do better or, you know, or like, God fucking Capra demon, like, are we going to talk about that like what the fuck is that
1: i feel like the capper demon kind of grew on me <laughs> cuz the first time the first time i fought it like of course it was it was a similar reaction to the four kings cuz that that kind of transition area between where you enter that area and you get to the capper demon is so kind of small yeah it's like you're not expecting it, so you kind of walk up on a fog wall, and you're like, "Oh, okay, what's the, what's in here?" And the answer is a is a is a uh, kind of humanoid boss with two dogs that will jump across the stage and, and one shot you, and uh, it's not fun. Yeah, it's not a great time. No, um, but now in kind of playthroughs, once you figure out that you have to kill the dogs like immediately and dodge it, that fight becomes kind of fun. Yeah, so. Jank, yeah. Yeah. Because those dogs are like right there too. Yeah. It's not like you get a head start on the dogs and there's a boss that can jump across the tiny little courtyard that you fight it in. No. But uh maybe I've just have a weird optimism with it where it's like, okay, yeah, this sucks. And I mean, I think in terms of the stuff you're saying about the game, like I agree with all of it. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not a purist who's like, this game is perfect in every way. Right. It's a game I think is really fun to play. And no matter who you are, I think you can find a way to have fun playing it to a certain degree. Right. But yeah, Jank is Jank. And yeah. some of these games, I mean Dark Souls 2, I think, has some of those moments as well. But yeah, it, I guess the Capra demon grew on me a little bit. <laughs> but at first time at first time it was like, oh, this is this is a bit of a wall.
0: I think it's frustrating because a lot of the most difficult moments in dark souls are also the most jank and i think that's a really bad combo because it's very very discouraging to the player because it's like oh i can be as good as i want i can get good but i'm still gonna like fall prey you know to glitches and bugs and just bad design like that's a really frustrating thing because it can really take you out of a game you know and it makes you want to not try i found so like on this playthrough last playthrough i did recently of dark souls when i got to capra demon i tried a bunch of times and i was like the first time i played that game i beat it on my first try and i think i literally just had beginner's luck And I was like, well, maybe I can do it again. And that was just like not happening. And so I just looked up how to cheese it. And, you know, lo and behold, there's an extremely easy cheese where you just like lob uh, bombs over the wall at him before you go into the boss room and he dies. Oh, interesting. I haven't heard that one. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's super easy. You just need to have a lot of like fire bombs, which I did because I hadn't used any the whole game. I never
1: use them. Yeah, yeah. Like I always end up with just a pile of those things, and it's like, okay, I don't really, I don't really need this. Like, yeah, I'll maybe use like that and like the skull that attracts enemies. Like you can use it on the boar at the beginning of the game, oh. but otherwise, it's pretty useless. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's just like that's such- but I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some psycho out there who's like beaten Dark Souls with only fire bombs, only fire bombs, and with like a upside down modded virtual boy controller <laughs> or whatever. So like, yeah. shout out to you, man! Like or whoever, good job, uh, good job gold star. Um, yeah, but in the meantime, yeah, those things are useless. Yeah,
0: for sure. But yeah, that, that's one thing that I kind of noticed on this playthrough. I was like that combination can be really, really discouraging and you have to like really push through it to like find the fun in dark souls. But like you said, it is really fun. Like I think yeah it, it does have all the stuff that the later games do better in it, you know, and it has all the ideas that make a souls game, a souls game. And it is super fun. I just think that dark souls is the most like discouraging and probably the game that throws up the most walls amongst all these like souls or souls type games. Does that seem fair or accurate?
1: Yeah, I think it does. Um, Once again, like coming from someone who played that one first, yeah, I may not see it as much. But thinking back on, like, yeah, like Dark Souls three or Bloodborne or some of those things, yeah, the barrier to entry on this one, especially if you're going down like the online route and trying to engage with that element of discourse around it, it. It can certainly be discouraging. Yeah, but the others, yeah, and it's it's been so fun to play the others and realize how much they've improved on it while still maintaining like the get good element of it. Yeah, because it's not like you can play any of the other games and and suck at them. I mean, you can, of course, but <laughs> like you you still need to do the thing.
0: Yeah, that we're
1: saying, but yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more fun to do the thing in those. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Like, yeah. you know, I like the game, but... Yeah. Would I necessarily go back to this one over over some of the others? I I don't know. Like, like I'd probably just play Bloodborne again. <laughs>
0: <obviously>. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I do also think there's an effect of like which one you got into first, you know, because I think that's the game that is kind of going to like define what you consider to be like a good Souls game. Because like the way that you say that about Dark Souls, that's how I feel about Bloodborne. And so like, you know, playing Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3... Uh, And even Sekiro, I was kind of like, you know, there's things about all of those games that I like significantly better than Bloodborne, but I don't think any of them are as good as Bloodborne because like to me, in my mind, that's just like what these games should be. You know, and I sure. and I think, like I said earlier, it is such a unique style of game, and it's so bracing, and it requires like so much of the player that I do feel like the one that you get into is going to kind of like color uh, every other game like this that you play, and you're going to compare Absol- it to absolutely. That, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, but you know, sometimes those those later games are so much fun that the anchor is still there, but you can appreciate the other elements of it. Like, I'm sure there are people out there who are like, what do you mean the combat's faster? (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean I can find humanity everywhere? And like, whatever. Yeah. Like I see that and I appreciate how, and I I feel like I just said this in terms of, um, the, It still maintains what makes those games what they are. Yeah. But it's so much better designed. Yeah. So, like, I've seen people who are like, oh, yeah, Dark Souls 3 is, like, the easy one. Yeah. It's like, I don't think it is. Maybe it it feels easier to me because it's a better thought-out and designed version of Dark Souls 1. Yes. And I can appreciate that. So yeah, none that's of cool. them. None of them. I mean, I like I said, I haven't played Sekiro yet, so maybe my opinion will change. I'll I'll come back on here and be like, Dark Souls One is the only one that matters. Like <laughs> fuck all of you.
0: Sekiro just but, ruins the whole series for you.
1: Sekiro <laughs> ruins the entire thing for me. <laughs> but like the mechanics are finely tuned, but they're still what it is. Yeah, and that's great.
0: Yeah, I think that none of these games are easy, and I've said that before. Ooh. The conversation so. about which is harder than which or which is easier, it's fucking pointless. Like... Who cares? Who care? Yeah, big who care. Um, but yeah, I think it is what you're saying, where it's just like, how easy is it to get into? How well designed are the levels? And I think that's what people got pissed at with... Dark Souls Three were like, there's bonfires everywhere, and like you could just warp wherever you want. Like, oh, the bosses are are you know not janky, and it's like, yeah, dude, like <laughs> that's called the game design getting better. Like, get with it.
1: And they'll still kill you. Like, yeah, you can, yeah. There's a bonfire just over there, but um, there's some like big eyed poison thing that's gonna kill you if you like go out the wrong door. So like, it's fine, man. Yeah, Like <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not an easy mode. No, it's all of that shit is still there. Like, yeah. Okay. There's, there's three bonfires in the giant poison lake that will kill you. If you tr- even try to explore without something on like a ring on. Yeah. Oh no. Like, <laughs> are you really like, Oh no, I wish there was only one. Like this is this is easy shit. And if that's the case, um, I mean, I'd like to hear you out and and hear your worldview, but it's it's not the one I have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That's a good that's a very good way to put it. But yeah, I think that's another thing too. It's like when you talk about the legacy of Dark Souls, it's easy to be like, Oh, it's so influential and there's all these great games that inspire and blah, blah but it's like You also have to take into account that there's people who just like only played this game for the last 10 years and just like absolutely just like explored it to its fullest and now want to go online and just be annoying about it when like, you know, in that 10 years, video games basically became the most popular entertainment medium. And there's like a lot of people who have like much more normal gaming habits who are now like, yeah, I just want to play some fucking Dark Souls. That looks cool. Uh, who are now kind of like, I think they're maybe clashing or, you know, butting heads with, you know, the people who've been here for 10 years, just like, you know, poop socking dark souls. And that's kind of a, I don't know if maybe that's frustrating. I don't know if that frustrating is the right word, but it's just like weird where it's just like, yeah, man, just let people live. There's a bunch of these FromSoft games that are just legitimately very fun to play once you get past that initial barrier of like, okay, how do I play the game? How do I interact with the game? And uh, yeah, that's always going to be just like really good, you know? And it's going to be more fun, you know, than just like, oh, let me play the most punishing game in the series, you know?
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that applies to, I mean, that's, like, I think of that less of a, like, Thing with this community but that's just like everything on the internet yeah and like i'm not gonna pretend i haven't been like the the person who's been like super trying to get into every like dig as deep as the hole goes and like oh this is like the best thing like we've all been young and stupid before right but some people um become like old and stupid <laughs> and yeah. um i think kind of as i've as, as i've grown up i realized that like that's not good to engage with right in any way because there yeah there are people who just define their entire lives based on like the media they consume which i guess a number of us do to some point like in terms of like music and things like that but yeah if you engage with that group of people eventually like everything's not going to be fun yeah so with games like this yeah if you if you Crack the strategy guide stuff, or if you read a comment section or whatever, you're gonna find those people just as you would if you look at like a film review or or something like that. And I think in 2021, it's it's important to uh, acknowledge that and and leave those people behind because it's ultimately about your experience playing the thing and not some sort of arbitrary thing that from Soft may or may not have even seen coming or predicted that some like dickhead online is doing. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, if you, if you're listening to this and want to try these things, like, yeah, don't just do it. Yeah. Just do it and engage with it the way that you want to engage with it. And don't wade into those waters.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Because I think that the other big thing about these games that always comes up is just like the worlds and the aesthetics that are in these games are all like fantastic. Yes. And like, even going back to the older ones where like, you know, the design is a little more like dark and gritty in a way that maybe isn't as like, uh, you know, fashionable now. And the graphics tech isn't as nice as things are now. Like the worlds are just still amazing. They're like these crazy, destroyed, grim, dark, low fantasy worlds. I was
1: waiting, I was waiting for grim, dark. Grim, dark, dark yes.
0: baby. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so grim, so dark. So
0: grim, so dark. Um,
1: Especially that level where you can't see anything. Oh, the grimmest Very and grim.
0: darkest. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. It's pitch black and everybody's a skelly man. Come on. That's you can't beat it. You can't, you can't beat it. You absolutely can't beat it. Literally, you can't beat it. You have to go get a flashlight.
1: You get to surf on a coffin, <laughs> dude. It's fucking you can't do that. In other can't do that. And a number of other things. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's Danzig as fuck, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the most Danzig thing.
0: Absolutely.
1: I think Danzig would have been a better boss than the boss that ends that level
0: for sure. Also, they should have got Danzig on the voice acting. That would have been so good
1: for sure. You know,
0: Um, but yeah, like it's just these crazy worlds that are all just like super, super, you know, fascinating. Like you just get sucked in right away. And I will say that dark souls, I want to say it's maybe like the least fascinating for me personally, just because of the visual aesthetics and they're not like totally to my taste, but it's also such a cool world and it's presented in a really cool way that like I was sucked in right away. Like I love the intro of dark souls, you know, where it's like, yeah, just this pretty short cut scene that kind of gives you a little flavor of the world. And then, you know, you're literally just like dropped into this like dungeon that when you fight your way out of, you know, you get like taken by a fucking bird and, to this weird like sanctuary and a giant bird, a giant bird. And you, you know, you fought a giant demon. And like, by the time you get to that, like sanctuary, which is really where the game begins, like if it was a movie, that's where the title card would pop up. Um, Like you've already seen so much crazy shit. You've seen dungeons, you know, you've seen, like, crazy vistas, you've gotten a taste of the world, you've seen huge fucked up creatures, you've killed a few skelly mans, and then, like, then you're just at a bonfire at a campsite, you know? You meet a couple of very weird NPCs, and you're just like, "Yes, Yeah, I'm in it to win it, dude. I just feel like that's such a great element in these games and such a strong element in these games that it's, like, that's the thing that I think a lot of people will get into and that will keep them coming back, which is another thing. Like you read a lot online about like, Oh, there's crazy stories and like hidden lore and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm not really into that stuff personally. Like when I come across it, it is interesting, but it wasn't what was keeping me going. Like what was keeping me going was like, what's that next area going to look like? What's that next boss going to be? Who's the next weird ass NPC? I'm gonna meet like, am I gonna meet sure. an onion man who who just carries like beer around with him and gives me one like, that's cool, you know? Or like,
1: I feel bad for anyone that that misses the onion man with the beer. Yeah, dude, a true a true bro for sure,
0: for sure. And like, I relate to him so much. He just likes a good like XL outfit and just and a beer. Like, fuck yeah, dude. Just vibing, <laughs> just so vibrant, just vibing dude. out here, dude. Vibing so hard.
1: But yeah, the weird NPCs ah, and oh, the lore. Let's let 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 me get to the lore. Like that's the other fun thing about this. And I remember when you kind of did that episode about skipping to the end and how that stuff isn't really the fun thing. And that is the other fun part of this this game is because and you know people listening probably understand this like so much of the lore is told in like item descriptions in the pause menu. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's like recorders laying around where you it's like okay, I guess I'll hit play on this thing or whatever. That opening sequence of like the opening cinematic of the game is all you need. Yeah. You can ignore literally everything else in this game and have a grand old time. Yeah. But yeah, if you make the connection that the the weird Shield you picked up is connected to so and so, who you may or may not meet later. I can I can kind of get into some of that stuff. So like I think it's interesting. I think I think there's something kind of cool about building this super intricate system that you can also just completely ignore yeah. and engage with on a level that you want to. Right. Um, but yeah, if 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 the NPC that totally like helped you wreck a boss, uh, you find their body later. Like, yeah, that's a fun, that's a fun thing, but I don't find my, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't find myself being driven by that because ultimately if you have a correct item, the thing next to that body is far more interesting and fun ultimately.
0: Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's kind of like what, where I'm at is like, it's cool that there's all that lore hidden in the game Um, as someone who completely skipped it all. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I think that the game, people kind of underrate how good the environmental storytelling is in the game. And it is. it's,
1: It's great. Yeah. It's
0: fantastic, it's as good, if not better than like your favorite horror game, you know, and that's like I say that so much about horror games, it's like I love environmental storytelling. I love a game that can tell you a story, no matter how big or small, without using cutscenes, dialogue or like notes, you know, yeah, voice <laughs> thankfully, there are not tape machines scattered across the the world of dark souls, but like.
1: Uh, I I can only hope with Elden Ring they don't introduce story orbs or <laughs> or something. But God. I have I have faith that they'll do the right thing.
0: Yeah. Know. It's so not their style that I really I can't see it. Um Sekiro has a little bit more, a little bit more of that with like cutscenes, but it's it's very minor still. So I think it's sure. it might be more like that, but it'll still be cool, I think. But um Yeah, like, in in Dark Souls, I think what's so great about the environmental storytelling is that, like, they use everything at their disposal to, like, give you a sense of the world. So, yeah, like you're saying, like, those NPCs are my favorite thing in the game personally, because, like, there are NPCs that you come across multiple times. And, like, whenever you find them, whether they're alive or dead or whatever they're up to, like, you get a sense of who they are, and you'll find them repeatedly throughout the world. And, like, even without a guide, I basically ended up doing like the whole quest line for Solaire uh, and for onion man. What's his name? I forgot his name. Um, Siegmeier. Siegmeier. Yeah. And like, I think I did them both wrong. Cause they both ended uh pretty tragically, but um, yeah. it was really cool to like have that whole journey with these characters. And so like, with Solaire, it was just like, oh yeah, Solaire is this just super cheery guy that I later had to murder and I took all his clothes. Like, whoops, that sucks. But that was such a... That was, that do, yeah, it does sound tragic. It's sad. Yeah. Like, I killed yeah. Solaire and I was just standing there, like, bummed in real life. Um, and I was like, man, that's like so fucked up. And it was funny that I was thinking about that. It's like this weird man who's just happy and I've just had like random interactions with him while playing this fucked up video game, like made me feel more emotion than like all the characters in these other video games that have like intense stories and cutscenes and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know,
1: because I mean, so yeah. So is like this, like beloved character. I mean, half of the online content on this game is based on Solaire and his his like catchphrase and his weird pose and everything. Yep. But yeah, you're right. I mean ultimately you kinda of talked to him at the beginning. He says the thing. Yeah. Um that's not get good. No. Um because he's not there to tell you to get good. He's there to help you out. And yeah, I I've I've saved Solaire and I've I've killed Solaire, but Regardless, like rounding the corner and seeing that summon sign there is like always awesome. Yeah. Or, or the like, uh, Siegmire, the onion guy. Yeah. Like, you you don't summon, I think you can summon him at some point. Maybe that's the third one. Yeah. But like, you'll just see him like chilling somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's the best. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just, I just fought 30, you know, poison fire slugs or whatever. And, Here's my friend out here, just chilling. Like it's great. Yeah, and yeah, it, those those storylines and Siegmeiers is uh, tragic in the end. No matter what happens, um, right? It's such a fun way of dealing with it, rather than yeah. Like uh, I mean, there's kind of the hub area in later games where people people come back and and talk to. You know, you find someone, they go back to the hub and you can kind of hang out or gain insight from them whenever. And that can be fun too. But I think the way in this game, how those, it's such a punishing environment. It's such a crazy broken environment. And whether you're playing online or not, just having that NPC just kind of show up is, yeah, it it's like, oh, things are going to be all right now. Yeah. Until they're not, but... <laughs> you know yeah it's great except for except for a knight Lautric, who is the worst
0: yeah fuck that guy we hate that guy
1: (laughs) I think I think when I think of kind of jank obtuse stuff in Dark Souls like I think about that guy yeah (laughs) if you don't if you don't kick him off the ledge when he shows up in the hub it throws a massive wrench into the in my view like a pretty big wrench into the game that requires a lot of time and and skill to unwrench yeah yep that is correct so that dude sucks um, onion dude onion guy great solaric great uh, the giant cat that lives in the forest amazing uh, super cool yeah um, giant blacksmith he's just there to be your friend yeah uh, That's all good.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's it's really really cool how the game does those storylines, and you know, even Latrek actually, I like that storyline, and I stumbled into it both times and was like, "Fucking shit!" You know, because it's
1: like, oh, I like it. I think it's a cool storyline. I just don't like dealing with it, and I'd rather just get rid of him than revisit the kind of interesting character connections and and pacing of of that storyline.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I I agree for sure. But I just once again, I think it's kind of underrated how the game does all of that in its own way and its own style. And you can play the game and absorb that and be really wrapped up in this weird kind of beautiful, but destroyed fantasy world without having to dive deep into item descriptions or watching YouTube videos or whatever. Cause like, yeah, I skipped all of that. And yet (laughs) I still think that the storytelling in dark souls is, is great. And, And that continues across the series. Like, I think all the games kind of have that same vibe and so far I've I've loved all of them for for different reasons but yeah the the world of Dark Souls is just incredibly dark and bleak and horrible and I think grim and grim, grim and dark and grim dark yeah and i think it's definitely notable for that reason but it's also another reason why it might be sort of hard to get into cuz it it doesn't have the fun like spirit halloween vibe of bloodborne and it doesn't have the more colorful vibe of dark souls 2 or 3 um you know so there's a little bit of a of a barrier there if you're going back and playing it now you know
1: advantages and disadvantages for sure but yeah i mean yeah like i I teach visual communication, and one of the main things of that, of course, is show don't tell right and this game nails it, yeah like you can you can read a lot, you can be told a lot of things, but yeah, all of those environmental clues and design elements just really elevate the thing beyond just grim dark fantasy land and it's it's really fun to see all of that, yeah, and see someone do it really well, yeah in not just this, but I think in the other games too. Like I think Bloodborne does a great job of it as well.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think bl-
1: good job. <laughs>
0: yeah. Once again, good on you. Uh, I think that Bloodborne just has a really unique and fascinating world so that it makes all that stuff even more compelling. Like I think that Dark Souls does kind of tread into territory that might be familiar. If you like eighties, manga and anime uh yeah so it is something that you may have seen before whereas like bloodborne for all its inspiration that it pulls like specifically from castlevania there's really isn't anything like that particular world but yeah dark souls is very much in that like berserk record of Lotos war vibe you know
1: very much so yeah
0: yeah which is not something I always go for. I'm famously not a fan of Berserk and people always give me shit for it. Um, which is funny. But uh yeah, like they, they do that kind of vibe. So it's something that you have seen before, which I think is maybe why some of the other games like have more of that like power to them. You know, even Dark Souls 2 which feels a lot like the PS2 era from soft stuff where it's a little bit more colorful and like magical or something. Um, immediately to me kind of hit me in a way where I was like, Oh, I'm into this, you know, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
1: No, I mean, it, it, it ultimately depends on what you bring to it. Like, yeah, I do like berserk mm-hmm. and I liked the kind of elements from berserk i mean some of it is just straight up copped from berserk right. and dark souls one specifically um but then when i played the second one and i popped out on you know majula and saw the wave race ocean yes. and all the all the fun fun people and those awful super tough pigs and everything like i was into that too yeah so i mean it's variations on a theme yeah but they're very cool variations. So
0: What is with the
1: pigs? I like to see it. What is with the pigs? In Majula. I dude. can't even come up with like a joke answer for that. <laughs> it's the um, weirdest fucking thing. There, there. There's there's a jank uh encounter right there. Oh yeah. Because you're in the you're in the hubtown, it's all good, the sun's out, the waves are laughing up, and there's these, these little, just tiny little things with 3000 hit points that will not leave you alone if you look at them yeah <laughs> that's jank yeah that there's is some, jank. there's some definite jank in Dark Souls too. so when I played when I played Bloodborne I was uh, happy about the minimal amounts of of jank in that game
0: yeah Bloodborne is is very low jank. Dark Souls 2, yes. you know Dark Souls 2 definitely has jank, but I'm finding that because the level design is larger and you have a you have more control over some of your character's stats and are able to tweak certain things that I'm finding that I don't mind it as much as I did in Dark Souls.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Cuz I feel
1: I feel like I may have a more standard opinion on it, that there's far more like gank encounters in Dark Souls 2. And I don't appreciate that as much because it just feels like, okay, there's not, you don't open the door and it's like Hovel is there with his hammer or whatever. It's like you open the door and there's like 20 dudes with swords that just pour out at you. Yeah, And that feels cheaper to me because it's not, it's not like here's a hard thing uh get up and and figure it out it's like oh we heard we heard you like hard so here's a bunch of things at, like coming at you huh and that's not as fun hmm for me
0: yeah but that's so interesting because that it's much easier for me to wrap my mind around like doing crowd control on a bunch of Weak enemies than it is like trying to fight a lot of the tougher enemies in Dark Souls while also trying to not fall off a ledge.
1: I'll give Dark Souls two credit in the fact that there there aren't a lot of ledges yeah. uh, involved with some of these. Although I think the big one, which is kind of in that upper Bastille, oh sure uh, near near that boss, like there's some there's some spots to fall off there, but yeah. not as much. So yeah, I can appreciate that there aren't ledges involved but still it feels more like a we heard you liked hard games so here's just a bunch of shit to deal with instead of hey we heard you liked the difficulty of this so here's a difficult thing for you to solve you know yeah and i guess i'm more about like i find the solving of the of the hard area more fun than just like all right I guess it I guess it's time to to crowd control. Hmm. So, I guess that's where I'm
0: That's so interesting. From. Yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to talk about when we talk about that game cuz like I Oh, yeah. I'm okay. I'm finding Dark Souls 2 to be much easier than Dark Souls. And like where are you in the game right now? Um, I Like I said, I feel like I'm about like fifteen hours in. Okay. I'm at Earthen Peak. Okay. Um so it looks like I'm a this game looks long as fuck. Is that correct?
1: It's yeah, it's pretty long.
0: Cause like I mean, like I said, I'm 15 hours in and just looking at the table of contents of a strategy guide, it looks like I'm like a third of the way through the game, which is crazy because it's like, yes. okay, this is... L- well, but, you know, also, I think Dark Souls is quite a bit longer than the main quest of like Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, which is another thing I like about those games that they are a bit shorter because like, yeah. I think Dark Souls is a bit too long. I kind of was that's part of the reason I stopped was like, I was frustrated, but it was mostly just that I was like, eh, I'm kind of like over this game. It's getting a little bit boring. So I'm just going to like yeah. dip. Um But yeah, so I'm about a third of the way through dark souls three. Uh, we'll see how far I get. If it really is just like a monstrosity that takes that many hours to beat, but
1: I'm interested to, to revisit that with you as you play through it. Cause I will, yeah, I'll say in terms of the length it may be more on par. I mean, it's definitely more on par with dark souls one than, than like bloodborne or something like that. But it, it definitely feels longer.
0: Yeah. It's probably just too long. Cause once, like I said, I think dark souls is a bit too long. I think these games hitting, hitting like 30 hours in the main quest and then having side stuff in DLC, I think is kind of like the right length for these games because then you can play that and then decide if you want to keep playing or save it for a rainy day or whatever.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: So I think that those early games are probably just a little bit too long in the main quest. But I think with Dark Souls 2, not to fully just pivot towards this, but I, sure, I think sure. that with Dark Souls 2, I, I'm finding that combat style to just remind me a lot more of Bloodborne than DS1 and so I'm just kind Uh. of it's like kicking into my like bloodborne habits so like the crowd control and like navigating levels and all that stuff just feels a lot more comfortable to me I will say that I was happy that you gave me the tip that I need to put you know points into that adaptability stat Um, or or whatever it's called it's yeah
1: that this this stupid hidden mechanic that they put in the second game yeah
0: that is stupid, yes. yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, there's basically a stat you have to put points into in order to have like enough invincibility frames in your dodge roll. So if you don't, your dodge is like useless, basically. Um, so, like putting stats into that and then putting a ton of stats into whatever raises your equip load has been really helpful because I basically set it up like it's bloodborne so that i have like a main weapon and an alt weapon and i can literally just play it like bloodborne and i've found that to make the game like super super fun and a lot easier i think that's another thing too a reason why i think the mechanics are really nice in dark souls 2 is that like they change the equip load mechanics so that it's a lot more of a spectrum than it is just like hard limits like you have to be under 70 percent, but then under that it's just up to like how much stamina regeneration you want and like Mm -hmm. it doesn't affect the invincibility frames that's like your adaptability stat that's actually why i like that mechanic because then you can set it up however you want and so i basically just am playing as a bloodborne character and it's really really fun
1: you're making me want to play it now because i don't think i've played it since yeah i haven't played it since i've played bloodborne yeah so now i'm just kind of going through my head of like oh oh you could do that
0: yeah you yeah that sounds fun yeah yeah so basically yeah like basically uh, so here we go prep you to replay it so that we can do an episode on it uh okay so let you you put a bunch of points into adaptability, so you get a ton of invincibility frames in your roll, and then you put a bunch of shit into stamina, obviously, and uh, equip load, so that you just have a fast character with a really good roll, and then yeah, uh, um, you can carry as much shit as you want. So, like, my character is usually rocking around like sixty percent equip load. Um, so my stamina regen is a little slow but I have a fuck ton of stamina so it doesn't matter and I have a sick ass dodge roll so then you can have two like entire different like weapon sets on you at all times you can switch really fast so like the last boss battle I did it was a breeze and I was literally switching weapons like throughout the battle and it was like so fun and that's just like Bloodborne where you have the weapon forms and all that kind of shit
1: yeah Okay. Yeah.
0: So basically you just need to get good at Dark Souls Two and then you'll like it. Yes.
1: Um Casual time is over. Um we're talking invincibility frames now. <laughs> uh get good. Yeah, rise to your feet. Hate breed song. <laughs> Do the thing. Okay. There we go. Perfect. But yeah, um that sounds that actually sounds like a really fun way to play it. Yeah. And now that I've played the games where that's kind of the norm yeah I might try that out
0: yeah you really should and also do you have a do you play on PC at all I don't Okay, I was gonna say it it looks really nice on PC I'm pretty sure it, it probably looks the same on everything because it's all the scholars of the first sin
1: oh you're playing that
0: one yeah play that one it's better
1: okay yeah Yeah. although some of, some of those invaders are not fun in scholar but Uh, because it's definitely harder than the base dark souls 2
0: is it really yeah like once again i'm i'm not like getting that vibe off it i'm not like i'm not like feeling that it's overly difficult or or anything but i think i just figured out that it's like shitty bloodborne and so i'm just playing it like bloodborne and it's really fun
1: Is that going to be the name of the uh, Dark Souls 2 episode? (laughs) Yes. Shitty Bloodborne.
0: (laughs) Shitty Bloodborne. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs)